Man, it's good. It's good. That is a beautiful song. Thank you guys for leading us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for leading us in that. Some of you may have seen this morning, I just wanted to mention before we jump into the message, um, you know, we have a lot of different pieces of, uh, you know, social media and that kind of thing. We have an Instagram account, we have, we have Facebook, we have private groups on Facebook in addition to a Facebook page, all of that. You may be a part of some of those things. You may be a part of none of those things. We would, of course, invite you to be a part of all of them. Uh, but that being said, I, I did want to mention, you may have seen this morning, a message came in uh, to one of our private groups, the Harvest Connections page, that Connie Jones was taken to the hospital yesterday uh, with a brain aneurysm. Um, they did surgery last night. It sounds like surgery went well. Um, I just wanted to take a moment and pray for Connie. Would you do that with me? Uh, Lord, I thank you for Connie and her family. I, I, I thank you for... Um, Thank you for Chris and her family and Shelly and her family. I thank you for all that mean to us. And Lord, I, I pray that you would continue to bring the healing that Connie needs. We thank you that they were able to find this. And they were able to do so much. And Lord, we thank you we live in a day and age where things can be done. And so, Lord, we continue to pray for her doctors. We pray for her medical team, uh, nurses, and uh, all the technicians. Lord, we pray that they would have all the wisdom they need to bring about what's best for Connie. And, Lord, we pray that your healing would go ahead and come behind her and that you, as the great physician, would ultimately use all of the healing team to bring about just what's best for Connie. We, we entrust her to you. We thank you that you are the God of all comfort. We pray comfort and strength for the family, and we pray that you would carry them through this time. Lord, I know it's, it's not uncommon for things to hit out of the blue. In fact, we'll talk about interruptions today. And Lord, I pray that we would truly learn to listen to you in the interruptions of life. Lord, we love you. And we thank you that we can worship you this morning. We pray in your name. Amen. All right, I'm going to pause this for just a second uh, so I can take this thing off. You guys will appreciate that. It's a little quieter if I do it that way. All right, so here's what I want you to do. If you have a Bible, I want you to open it with me this morning, if you have one, to Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2. We're actually going to be in a variety of places in Matthew and Luke this morning looking at sort of a big picture view of the Christmas story. We're beginning a new series called Do You Hear What I Hear? We're going to explore uh, some, some commonly sung Christmas carols and think about the deeper themes of the Christmas story. Today's carol that I'm going to have us explore just a bit is Angels We Have Heard on High. We sang it just a bit ago, right? Um, and the question I really want you to ask yourself this morning is, have you heard the angels? Angels We Have Heard on High is, is really a song uh, about that moment, you know, and we'll read it in a, a little bit, but, you know, and there were shepherds living out in the fields, biting in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and... You know this, right? They were sore afraid, and it's about that moment. But angels showed up over and over and over again 
in that first Christmas. And it's really that piece I want you to sort of sink into your mind today. And we'll get practical with this, but I, but I want that moment to sink in because I had this realization reading Luke 1 and 2. And if you've never been to the Bible, man, there's no better place to read than Luke 1 and 2, Matthew 1 and 2, uh, two different tellings from two different perspectives of the birth of Jesus Christ. How world-changing. With all that in mind, I want to ask you, have you ever had a moment in your life where something big was happening like right in front of you? And maybe, maybe there was a car accident and you didn't see it happen. Or something big happened right in front of you and you totally missed it. Have you ever had that? You, ever, you, you thought back later, like, how in the world did I miss that? I tried and tried and tried to rack my brain this week and remember a story where, where bless you, where something happened right in front of me and I totally missed it and I couldn't remember. You know why? Because I totally missed it. You know, I mean, that's just part of how it is, right? There's a guy in the Bible who had a moment such as this, I'm pretty sure. We, we would affectionately refer to this guy as, as the innkeeper in Bethlehem who I wonder if he did not years or decades later look back and think, but that was my stable. Those were my, those were my animals. And they were there and I wasn't. It's easy sometimes to just miss the bigger thing happening in the story. I've probably told you this story before, but years and years and years ago when new technologies were invented for communication, there was a moment in time where one of the big things invented, and I know this is going to seem so ancient and archaic to you, but, but there used to be something before the telephone called the tele... Yeah, teletire, telegraph, right? Right? You, right? Short, short, long, 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 you know, do, 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 SOS, you know, kind of thing, right? And back when the telegraph was the fastest method of long-distance communication, there was a young man who applied to be a, an operator. He was, he was going to be a Morse code operator. And so he came to the interview. He did what you do at interviews, right? He showed up. This seems weird probably today. He showed up in person. Right Today, it's like you start with an appointment on, you, you have some, you, here, fill this out, and then you might have a Zoom appointment. My doctor sends me the other day to, to a, a specialist, right? And the specialist calls me and says, we will set you up for a telehealth appointment. I'm like, it's going to be a little hard to do what the doctor's asking you to do via video. I'm just saying, you know, it, it, so anyway, 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 just a, that's my distraction. I'm easily distracted. Are you? Yeah, it's actually part of the problem in the Christmas story. We're easily distracted. So anyway, there's this Morse code guy. He goes into the interview. He comes in, and, and there's this small room, waiting room area, and you can hear the... You can hear all that in the background. I have no idea what I just said because I don't know Morse code. Uh, but, but anyway, he sits down, and he is instructed to have a seat, fill out a piece of paper and to come in when he is summoned, essentially. And he notices in the room around him, there are six, seven, you know, 
other people around him who are apparently all applying for the same job. And he gives it a minute or two, and he kind of does this thing. And then suddenly, he gets up, moves beyond the room they're in, into that next area, begins to interact some, with some folks, and it's clear that they're talking to him about the job. He's the last guy there and the first guy to be interviewed. And everybody in the waiting room at this point is upset. You can understand that, right? They were there earlier. They were there first. They were there before him. He's the last guy in. Somehow he just decides to get up, go in on his own, and he's going to interview and get the job. And they come out and they say, hey, Thank you guys for your time. Thank you for your patience. We appreciate your interest in the job. We just want you to know the position has been filled. Uh, we, you know, we appreciate you coming, but we no longer need you to wait out here. And they're, they're just indignant at this point, going, wait, I mean, he's the last guy here. Why, why, why did he get the job? And they said, oh, it's simple. All this time, that deep, 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 you know, all that you've been hearing in the background, what it was saying was, if you can understand this, then come in. The job is yours. <laughs> really matters if we're listening, if we're paying attention. I read a story a number of years ago uh, about a Native American who made his way with a friend to New York City. And they were in the streets of New York City in the hustle and bustle of New York City. And you can picture probably better than I can because I haven't been to New York City, but I, I picture it a certain way. I've watched Friends, you know? And... <laughs> New York City has got to be about the busiest city, right? I mean, there are places around the world that are maybe busier, but in American life, it's as busy as you get, and there are people everywhere, and it's constant noise, and there's constant everything. And So this Native American and his friend were making their way through, through downtown New York City, through Manhattan, or, or you know, somewhere in the busiest part of the city, and the Native American says, I hear a cricket. And his friend says, you can't possibly hear a cricket. I hear horns, I hear people, I hear shuffling, I hear, I hear, I hear noise galore. You can't possibly hear a cricket. And the, the, his friend makes his way over to a planter box, reaches down, sort of scoops up and says, here's the cricket. And the friend said, Again, I don't understand how in all of this noise you could possibly know that, they, like, did you plant that? How could you know there was a cricket? And that's why he said, I heard it. I was listening. He said, see, it's really simple. It all depends on what you're listening for. My ears are tuned to listen for just such a thing, for the beauty of just such a moment for something to stand out in a place like this he said let me show you what i mean you see you see all these people they're not paying attention to us at all right and the, his friend said yeah they're not paying attention to us at all and he reached into his pocket and he pulled out a handful of coins and he dropped them onto the concrete onto the ground and they made that chink 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 clink clink sound and 30 heads all turned to see if it was their coins, if it was their money. He said, see, it all just depends on what you're listening for. You hear what you're listening for. And of course, there's a difference, isn't there, between hearing and listening? 
I mean, I think about the times in my own life where I've said to Marcy or I've said to the girls, like, yeah, I hear you. That's different than I'm listening to you. And one more story, perhaps. How many of you have pets? Anybody? All right, majority. That's good. That's good. I do not. Uh, I do not because if it comes with a heartbeat and isn't human, I tend to be allergic to it. And that is to the detriment of my family. I grew up with cats. I grew up with dogs. I love pets. I, I love when we run into people's pets, all of that. I just can't breathe when I live with them, if that makes any sense. And so, and so let's just, how many of you have pets? How many of you have dogs? Anybody? Dogs. Cats? Cats and dogs? Man, some of you are really cool, right? Right? My kids are going to want to come visit your house. And so, so all of you have dogs. Let's say that you and I go for a walk with you and your dog. And let's say, you, let's say your dog is not just a little puppy anymore, but your, your dog has grown, okay? So you, you, you're, your dog has grown accustomed to you as its master. Now, I can promise you this. When you and I meet at, you know, over a valley river, and we're going to walk along the path, and, and we're going to see the river, and we're going to walk with your dog. Your dog's probably, just depending on your dog, going to mostly, because dogs are this way, mostly be happy to see me. And mostly your dog's going to want to, you know, lick my fingers and jump on me and do the things dogs do. And you're going to, of course, tell your dog not to. And your dog's going to do it anyway because I'm exciting. I'm the distraction, right? Right? I'm, I'm sort of the flavor of the minute. But if we were to walk along for a bit and there were to be a moment where, where, where something were alerting or alarming or concerning and your dog were going to suddenly tune into danger and be protective, whose voice is your dog going to listen to? Is it going to listen to my voice? Not at all. It's going to listen to yours. Why is the dog going to listen to your voice? Because you're the master. And the dog knows in those key moments to listen to the voice of the master. In fact, it's been trained to listen to the voice of its master. I wonder sometimes if we don't miss Christmas simply because we're trained to listen to something else. See, Christmas, when, when the meaning behind the celebrations of Christmas is so powerful and so big, and when we do so much in our society and in our culture to celebrate Christmas, I mean, it, it is one of the few religious holidays, if you will, that still has a big celebration. And of course, it's, it's sort of divided, and there's a secular celebration, and there's a religious celebration, and it all unites on December 25th. And, 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 and most every American has a, has a holiday tradition of some kind, and for some people, it's deeply, deeply spiritual, and for others, it's, it's not spiritual at all. And I wonder sometimes, even for those of us that are deeply, deeply spiritual, I wonder if we don't sometimes miss the real essence, the real meaning, the real depth of Christmas. 
And the question, I think, I guess is twofold. Just thinking about a dog and its master and me as the distraction. The question I would ask you, two of them this morning, is one, what or who is distracting you from Christmas and all it means? And two, who is your master? And if you answer those two questions honestly, your answer, if you're distracted, your answer, if, if you're finding that you're missing what Christmas really is, because Christmas really is beautiful, isn't it? If you're missing it, please don't. But if you are, it has everything to do with who or what you're listening to. I usually teach verse by verse as we go through the Bible, and I still am somewhat today, but today we're taking a bit of a macro view of the Christmas story. We're zooming out, and we're going to look at a variety of texts that have to do with the Christmas story. And again, I, I gave away the pattern I want you to listen to when I said angels, right? That I, I want you to look for what's repeated in all of these different perspectives in the Christmas story, and I want to see if it can jump out to you today the way it did to me when I started studying for this recently. What are we looking for? We're looking for messengers to show up with a message. Matthew chapter 2, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, and you know this part of the story, this is the, the Herod and the Magi part of the story, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, right? So we'll, we'll wait till next week to get into how we, you know, we sort of arrange it all wrong where we think the Magi and the shepherds were all sort of there at the same time and that this would dispel that. During the time of King Herod, Magi from the east, and next week we're going to dig deep into to those three kings, if you will. Magi from the east came to Jerusalem because they really weren't kings. Is that fair? They're not called kings, they're, they're called magi. From the east came to Jerusalem, and they said, Where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they said, they replied, In Bethlehem in Judea. For this is what the prophet has written, but you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And they're, they're reaching back into the Old Testament and seeing this prophecy, and they knew it. Now, it's worth noting, none of them were in Bethlehem when it went down. You can be religious and miss it. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found, from, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, you, you hear the, um, th this is not genuine. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. This is Herod. I, I think 
the thing I want you to see in this story, and we're going to come back to it next week, so I will get into the depths of the story way, way, way more next week. But I, but I just want you to catch this, that most of the people in the Christmas story, that, that most of the people in Matthew 1 and 2, most of the people in Luke 1 and 2, when you look at the populations of people, most people miss the birth of Christ at Christmas. So we, we shouldn't be surprised today when we think that most of us go through the season, go through the traditions, go through the rituals, hope, hope, hop through the hoops, wrap the gifts, do the whole thing. But we miss the baby born to be our Savior. I mean, I, I wrote this in my notes, the angry and the threatened missed it, right? I mean, Herod certainly missed it, in the sense, for, for one, it says after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea. And for two, it, it, there is that sense. And when I say missed it, I, I don't mean didn't hear about it. I, I do mean he didn't lay his heart down for it. Herod was threatened, right? The question of the Magi, and there are no angels in this story, but there are Magi from the east who come with a message where is the one born king of the Jews? And Herod was angry about that and threatened about that. And we'll talk more about why next week. But he was angry and threatened. And when we're angry and threatened all year long, it's easy to roll into, you know, November, December and just miss it. I, I have deep concern for us in this sense. Anger and threatened. Anger and fear dominate the headlines. It's everywhere. It dominates the politics. It dominates the, 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 the sort of the news of the day. And I wonder if we don't miss the good news sometimes because we're so concerned with the bad news. The angry and the threatened missed it. The ultra-religious missed it, number two. The ultra-religious missed it, right? They, they, Herod knows. He, he doesn't know the answer, but he knows that maybe there's supposed to be a king coming. He's heard something about these rumors about a Messiah. He goes to the religious leaders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law. He has them called together. He asks them where the Messiah was to be born. They say, oh, it's easy. We, we know the answers. We know we know the answers, but they did not know the answer. And sometimes you talk about missing something by inches, right? Tell the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Sorry, that was painful. If you didn't see the game, they, they missed taking the lead in the last 30 seconds by about that much. Often we miss... Christmas by this much because it's one thing to know it's another thing to know the baby born to be our savior the ultra-religious missed it and number three the I'm too busy missed it right the I'm too busy right I mean think about it that in Bethlehem in Judea at the time when Jesus was born you 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 know the story from Luke right that that, that, that Mary was there and Joseph was there and some shepherds showed up. 
And there was all this going on. You remember there was a, a census going on. There was a counting of the people. And they didn't come door to door. You didn't go online to the internet and fill out your census form. There was none of that. You had to go to your hometown. And right, they traveled. It's the entire reason that Mary and Joseph were in Bethlehem. And they traveled to Bethlehem. And the city is bustling with people. Thousands more people than normally live there. And all of those bustling people miss the birth of the God man, the God child. It just tells me that it's so, so easy to be preoccupied and missed it. Herod was angry and threatened. He was preoccupied with himself. The ultra-religious were preoccupied with their own power as well. Frankly, they were preoccupied with themselves. And the I'm too busy and stressed out crowd was just too busy and stressed out getting done what they had to get done. At some level, that's a preoccupation with self as well. It's easy to experience the season of Christmas and miss the meaning. And of course, I've referenced him already, but I wonder greatly about that innkeeper whose stable or whose cave became the birthplace of Jesus. I wonder if he might have looked back years later and just thought, I had a front row seat to the greatest miracle of my time. And I just wasn't paying attention. Middle Eastern people are kind and caring. They're hospitable. They're not barbaric. These are not the kind of people who would leave a woman alone to have her baby. And yet in the Christmas story, you very much get this sense, right? That 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 Mary gave birth and Mary wrapped the child in cloths and Mary placed there was no midwife there there was no helper there was no innkeeper or innkeeper's wife who came along to support and help and I wonder sometimes in fact this is really what got me going this direction with this series do you hear what I hear hey, Angels we have heard on high. What's the difference between those who missed it, because most missed it, and a few got it? What's the difference? And I really think it's that those who missed it were preoccupied with something else. They were listening to other masters. But a few people got it. And I want you to notice again in the story just how often it takes... God entering in, God breaking in for them to get it. Now, let me just show you what I mean. And again, we're looking for this sense that angels showed up. And you say, well, hey, it, you know, in, in Matthew's story about Herod, there were no angels who showed up. And I would say you're right. But these magi came with a message, didn't they? Where's the one born king of the Jews? And if you understand angels rightly, angels are really messengers, in fact, you know, the word angel is just interesting. The Hebrew word is uh, malach. The, the Greek word, you would actually know the Greek word. You just don't know that you know the Greek word. The Greek word is, 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 is angelos, like Los Angeles, the city of... Yeah, it, it's, it's the Greek word, angelos, angelos, the Greek word. And the word is probably best translated messenger. 
And angels were created beings, created before time, or before our sense of time, whose primary function is to serve and worship God. And what you find in Scripture is that sometimes they are given the message, uh, mission of carrying a message to certain people. They also carry out God's will as He directs them. They serve in God's heavenly court. They are celestial beings who worship God, attend His throne, and make up God's army. We picture them often as winged creatures, and I think that's because there are references right in the Old Testament to cherubim and seraphim, angels that appear in Ezekiel's visions and and other places that are guards or attendants of God's throne who are winged creatures. But these are the only winged creatures sort of referred to, and you don't get the sense that when Gabriel shows up that that. He's winged, and, and later we read that, you know, over in the New Testament, that sometimes human beings entertain angels and they don't know it, which makes me wonder sometimes if certainly angels aren't just little babies on cherubs floating away, and, and one other myth I'd, I'd just love to dispel, angels are not people who died. We often think, I hear it sometimes said that way, but, but angels are a different class of created being. They're celestial beings, not earthly beings, but they do occasionally are sent by God to break in to the human realm. And when they do, they come almost exclusively with a message. And so a few people got it at Christmas, right? A few people got the baby born to be our Savior. Zechariah and Elizabeth, I think, got it. You remember Zechariah and Elizabeth? Right, that faithful couple who believed in God, who trusted Him, but all their years they'd been unable to conceive and unable to have a child. They nonetheless remained faithful. In Luke chapter 1, we get this, this part of the Christmas story, right? Luke 1, 11. You're there quicker than I am. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled, and he was gripped with fear. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Now that son was, was not Jesus. It was, it was John the Baptist, right? Your wife will bear you a son. And you are to call him John, and he will be a joy and a delight to you. And many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. And he is never to take wine or drink other fermented drink. He, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. In fact, you might remember later in the story when Mary goes to see Elizabeth that, that it is unborn John that leaps for joy, right? He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children, the disobedient, to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And you would remember Zechariah says, how can this be? How can I be sure of all of this, right? I'm an old man. My wife is well along in years. We're not, we're not, we don't have babies at our age. And so the angel says, look, the forerunner is with us. And they knew the prophecy. So this meant that God was coming. This meant that, this meant that it was here, that the time of the Messiah had come, that hope is with us. Mary got it. 
You read Mary's story just a few verses later. Skip ahead a little bit. Luke 1, verse 26, Mary got it. In the sixth month, did you notice the angel showed up for Zechariah? The angel of the Lord appeared to him. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee, to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her, and the angel said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I think if an angel startled you, you'd, you'd, you'd be troubled too. Mary was greatly troubled. His words wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God, and you will conceive, and you will give birth to a son. And you would call him Jesus, and he will be called great, and we've been called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and his kingdom will never end. You might remember Mary, right? How will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then the angel goes on to tell her about Elizabeth and how, how she had conceived. And, and so the angel tells Mary that grace is with us, that God's Son is with us, that greatness is with us, that God's King is with us. Joseph, of course, got it, just trying to put Luke 1 and 2 interspersed with Matthew 1 and 2. I think what happens is the angel shows up to Mary first, tells her, She's later got to tell her husband that she's pregnant, but she can't explain it. And she can explain with an angel all day long, but she still can't explain it. And you get this, right? Matthew 1, 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His, Mary, his, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant, found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. And because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. In other words, Joseph had a plan, right? This, all of this was an interruption to his plan, and so he made plan B. Plan A was, was marry the woman he loved, but it was interrupted because, well, because she had a story about an angel who came to visit, and suddenly she was pregnant. And so now he has plan B. Plan B is to to divorce her, but not expose her to public disgrace by doing it all quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord, notice again, an angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And so Joseph got it. He found out that salvation is with us, that, that Emmanuel is with us, that God with us is literally now with us. And the shepherds got it, right? 
Back in Luke. Chapter 2. Probably the best known telling of the birth of Jesus Christ comes from Luke 2. And I'm going to skip the early verses, but I'm going to pick up in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. They were King James. I mean, this is my like favorite King James passage in all the Bible. I think it has something to do with uh, Charlie Brown and Linus. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. I think if the angel of the Lord appeared to me, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, I'd be sore afraid too. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord, and this will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And you know the story goes on from there that suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with them. Right? And the angels were singing, glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth, goodwill to men. You know, you know this story. Christmas is hope. The shepherds were reminded that good news is with us, that joy is with us, that the Savior is with us, that the Messiah is with us, that the baby is with us. If you're keeping score here, the angels told them all a lot of things. The angels told them that the forerunner is with us, which means that God is coming. And because God is coming, hope is with us and grace is with us. And God's son will be with us and greatness is with us. And God's king is with us and salvation is with us. And God with us, Emmanuel, is literally with us. That good news is with us and joy is with us. And the savior is with us and the Messiah is with us. And the baby who would grow up and not stay a baby, but lay down his life for our sins, for all the death-causing stuff in our world. And that baby who would die for our sins, be crucified, be buried, and rise again, defeating death, that baby is with us. Christmas is the hope we need. But what's common in every single case is that the people who got it got it because in these four cases, at least, God sent a messenger. So I want to get super practical just in these closing moments for you and I. How do we make sure we don't miss Christmas? And I'm begging you, don't miss it. Well, the one thing, if I could convince you of anything today, is that if I don't want to miss Christmas, if you don't want to miss Christmas this Christmas, if you don't want to miss Christ this Christmas, the baby born in the manger, then you need and I need an intention to listen. An intention to listen. Right? Because even those who got it needed a messenger sent, an angel, and Mary got it. 
because an angel appeared, and Joseph got it because an angel appeared, and Zechariah and Elizabeth got it because an angel appeared, and the shepherds showed up, and they got it because an angel appeared, and you would think I would get it too if God would just send an angel to me. But you know, we have something far more powerful than angels. We do. Messenger, angels are messengers. We, we explored that. They were sent with a message. They were sent with a word from God. And we have the word from God. And we miss it. Maybe even more so than we miss the message of the angels. Again, the message of the Bible later in the New Testament is that sometimes we can entertain angels without knowing it. Now notice this. It's not that Zechariah and Elizabeth were perfect in their faith. Remember, how can this be since we're so old? Mary, how can this be since I'm a virgin? Joseph, I, okay, God, you, you messed up my plan. Now I've got a plan to fix things. God interrupts again. It's not that these men and women were perfect and I don't want you to put the emphasis so much on them as I want you to listen to God. They, I think they just had an intention to listen to God. So real quick, I want to give you three habits for those who don't want to miss the baby born to be our Savior. Three habits for those who don't want to miss it. Number one, just be open to God's interruption. Be open to God's interruption. You have a lot of plans this month, don't you, already? In fact, let's be honest. Are you already tired? Yeah, I am. I sort of pre-buy tired, right? I buy it in advance. I go into tired debt. I don't know if that makes any sense. But, like, you pre-buy thinking, I, okay, like, maybe if I rest up ahead of time that I will collectively sort of, sort of you know, have what I need later. But we all know we're going to be super busy. Guess what? The busyness is not likely to be the moment where God shows and you just, the connection in the 12 inches lines up and you say, oh, I got it. There's going to be interruptions and God is often in the interruptions. Think about Joseph and Mary. None of this was their plan. God interrupted it all. God is often working in the interruptions. Be open to interruptions, number two particularly by God, but sometimes those interruptions come in the form of other people, and God is using the interruptions of other people to interrupt our, our craziness to get our attention. Number two, choose the slow path. Choose the slow path. I'm going to say that again. Choose the slow path. I really wish I had a, a better voice for that. Choose the slow path. Think about the shepherds. Where were they when all this happens? They were outside of Bethlehem watching over the lambs. Likely were the sacrificial lambs that would lay down their lives as a penalty for sin. And an angel shows up, and imagine the head shepherd. Wait, where, where, you guys want to leave 
and you want to go into Bethlehem, and we've got all the sheep to watch. What about the, forget the one or the nine, you're going to leave them all, and you're just going to make their, your way into, or what, did they like take the whole herd and go into Bethlehem? All I know is they made time. They made time. I'm sure the head shepherd was going, who's got time for this? They made time. Choose the, say it with me, the slow path. Choose the slow path. Number three, if we need an intention to listen, then we also need to commit to submit. Commit to submit. I know I'm being a little cutesy there. I apologize for that. I am a preacher. (laughs) Trying to make it memorable. Commit to submit, right? To decide to obey up front. Zechariah obeyed. The angel showed up, said, this is what you should do, and he obeyed. Mary obeyed. The angel showed up and said, this is what's going to happen. And she said, literally, it was back in Luke 1, may your word to me be fulfilled. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Joseph obeyed, the shepherds obeyed, everybody obeyed. This is how I know they had an intention to listen. Because they were also willing up front to say, okay, you speak, I'll obey. I wonder if sometimes we don't miss it because because we're just so busy, we have no intention to obey. Okay, God, show up and obey. Like That sounds rather old school. We can't use words like that today. But when God gives you an answer, and it's an answer you need to hear, I think God would say to me, Brian, are you, are you going to say yes up front? So I'm asking your friends, do you hear what I hear? Because I've heard some angels from on high. And I hope you have too. In fact, we always end with two prayers, right? We close our sermon with two prayers. The first is a prayer of salvation. The second, a prayer of application or of discipleship. And maybe you'd want to pray one or both of these prayers today. And say, you know what? I don't want to miss Christmas. So if you're with me in that, you would say, you know what? Today, I need the baby born to be our Savior. I've never received salvation. And I didn't understand that Jesus grew up and died and all that had meaning and that that was for me. You want to receive salvation today? You can, right here, right now. You pray with me just like this. You say, dear Jesus, I know you're not a baby anymore. But I thank you that you were born to be my Savior. So save me, not from my problems, not from my difficulties, from myself, from my sins. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I put my faith in you. Jesus, I ask you to be my God. Be my king. Be, be, be the king, the Lord of my life. Take over my life, Jesus. Make me yours, I pray in your name. Amen. If that's you and you prayed, maybe here in the room or maybe online today, 
for the very first time, you, you received Jesus. Man, I'd love to know it. You can tell me on the communication card we talked about earlier. You can, you can tell someone who invited you. You can tell me in person, outside, in just a little bit. You can email me, even online. I'm Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at harvestchurcheugene.com. But man, tell somebody. I asked you how many of you had dogs a while ago, how many of you had cats, all of that, a bunch of you raised your hands. I think if I asked how many of you have prayed a prayer like that sometime in your life, a bunch of you would pray, would, would say, I have prayed a prayer like that sometime in my life. But I don't think that means that we always, just because we receive Jesus, receive all he intends in the Christmas season. Have you had Christmases where you kind of go through the motions? You want to do more than go through the motions this year? You want to really get it? Maybe you'll pray this prayer of application with me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you were born. Thank you for the incarnation. Thank you that you are Emmanuel, God with us. And that I am not alone. And so, Jesus, I commit. I commit to have an intention to listen. Jesus, help me to see you in the interruptions. Cause me to choose the slow path. And I commit up front that whatever you say, not only will I listen, I'll obey. Lord, I pray this with all my friends here and online. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Merry Christmas, everybody. God is good. We gonna sing? We're gonna sing. More Christmas music. All right, let's sing. It's good. I love you guys. If I can serve you in any way, I'll be outside in just a moment.